please turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. We're continuing on where Joel has been reading throughout this service, uh, looking at the Christmas story in Luke. And I'm going to be reading when the angel and the angels appeared to the shepherds. So Luke 2, verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with a great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, tonight is a night filled with joy, hopefully for all of you as we're reflecting on the birth of Jesus Christ. And for each one of us throughout our lifetime, we will have moments of joy. We'll also have sad moments and hard moments, but we will have moments of joy. And I'm going to give you a a few examples, and some of that may have happened uh, to you. You may have experienced this where you had interviewed for a job, and you were just waiting on that phone call. You may have even had multiple interviews. And finally, the supervisor calls you and says, congratulations, Uh, you have, we, we want you to work with our company. That would have probably given you a lot of joy, right, when you heard that, that, that phone call. You also may have had a health issue, and, and you've gone through different tests and different doctors, and you're just waiting for the results of these tests. And finally, you get a good report, and you hear that all the tests came back positive, and, and you were okay. You were okay, and that must have given you a lot of relief and even filled you with joy. You might also have experienced a situation where you either sold your house or you bought a house. And you know all the steps it takes to sell a house and to buy a house. And finally, you may hear from your realtor and they say, the house is finally sold after the appraisal and after going through all the financing and the inspection. Or you may have heard on the other side that you get the keys to the house. Here you go. I'm sure if that happened to you, you probably experienced a sense of joy. You may have also been really trying and praying for a child. And finally, God blessed you when you got that pregnancy test and it came back positive. You may also wanted to adopt a child. And after years of going through DCS or the foster care system or through an adoption agency, the judge says, this child is yours. You may also have been waiting for him to propose already. And you're wondering, will he ever pop the question? And finally, that one day, out of nowhere, he surprised you, gets on one knee, and he asks for your hand in marriage. All those moments that I described, all those moments would fill someone with great joy. Well, Christmas 
is a time for us to be filled with great joy. Why? Because what the angels told the shepherds was, I give you good tidings of great joy that will be for you and all the people. This news was designed for all the people everywhere, throughout all nations, all tribes, all peoples. This was good news of great joy. Now, I did a little digging this week in the scriptures, and I found that there are around 200 examples of joy in scripture. About 200. 200 times where people experience joy or the word joy was mentioned. Very rarely did I find an occurrence that mentioned great joy. Because joy is, is oftentimes reserved for those good moments in life. But great joy, those are designed for the highest moments in life. And as I searched through the scriptures, I found different situations and occurrences where great joy happened. For example, the moment when King David, when he anointed his son Solomon to, to become king of the United Monarchy, it said the people of God had great joy because it was a time of peace. When King Josiah became king and he brought back the Passover and honored that moment, the people of God had great joy. When you go into the New Testament, you see when Jesus ascended into heaven and when he rose from the grave, we see occurrences of people having great joy. In Acts chapter 15, when the Gentile people heard the good news of the gospel for the first time and, and the gospel began to spread forth throughout the kingdom and throughout the world, there was great joy among different people groups. And then in Jude, verse 24, this one chapter, Jude, at the end of the, the Bible, it describes in verse 24 that those of us who love Jesus will experience great joy when we get into heaven and we see him face to face. But there's one other moment of great joy that I haven't mentioned yet, and that is the night of Christmas, when the angel appeared to the shepherds saying, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for you and all the people. Great joy is reserved for the highest moments in life, and this was one of those highest moments throughout all of world history. Fear not, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. And so tonight, I'm just going to briefly mention two or address two questions. What is this great joy that the angels were referring to? And how should we respond to it? So what is this great joy? Well, the, the passage goes on in verse 11 to say, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Unto you, shepherds, unto you, people here at Christ's covenant, has been born on Christmas Day as Savior. Savior. Isn't that an interesting title? That title was designed for those who were of high importance. In the Greco-Roman world, Caesar would be known as a Savior. He would be known almost as a godlike figure who would deliver his people from enemies, who would rescue them from, from hardship and oppression. That's what a Savior would do. And so the non-Jew of the day would be able to register that word with a Caesar-type person. But the Jew of the day, they would go back to the book of Isaiah. And Isaiah 43, 11 describes how the Lord says, I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. In Isaiah 45, 21, there is no other God besides me, a righteous God and a Savior. There is none beside me. So what 
What the Old Testament was referring to is that there's only one true Savior. And this Savior is going to be far more greater than a Roman emperor or a general or a president or a king. This Savior is going to be the Savior for God's people, the Savior over their sins. And this is what the angel told Joseph to name Jesus. Remember in Matthew 121, it said, you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. And later on in Acts, Peter described Jesus this way. He said that God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Savior. There's good news because unto you is born this day a savior who will deliver his people from their sins and forgive them of all their wickedness and rebellion. A savior. Now, what's interesting is, is that scholars would say that the shepherds were tending this flock of sheep, and many of those sheep would be slaughtered for sacrifices in the temple of Bethlehem. This, this area where the shepherds were was very close to Bethlehem. And so there's a lot of uh, scholars out there that say that the, that the sheep that they were tending would actually be slaughtered for sacrifices in the temple. If that's the case, then these shepherds knew who this Savior was when they heard the message because they're saying these sheep that we're taking to be sacrificed, there is a true shepherd that's coming now, a, a, a person who will lay down his life for the sheep. And so a Savior is what's good news. The second title we see here is Christ, a Savior who is Christ. Christ means anointed one. And in the Old Testament, a prophet, a priest, and a king would be anointed with oil when they would become these, these great roles of people, and that would signify the Holy Spirit's power on them and the gifts on them. Well, when Jesus came, he is the anointed one who has the fullness of the Holy Spirit on him. He's perfect. And so the Christ has come, the Messiah from the line of David. And notice how the angel said, from the city of David. He didn't say Bethlehem here. Why did he do that? Because the shepherds knew where the city of David was. It was in Bethlehem. They also knew that this Christ would come from the line of David. So that's why the emphasis of the city of David was there. Because the anointed one had come. So the good news of Christmas is that, one, we have a Savior who has come. Two, we have, he is the Christ. But notice the third title given, the Lord, Yahweh. The Lord is mentioned all throughout the Old and New Testament. It describes the covenant God that we serve. A covenant God who has a relationship with his people, who loves his people. That is who Yahweh is, the Lord. And in the Old Testament, again, God refers to himself as the Lord. God the Father, I am the Lord, Isaiah 45, and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. Philippians 2 in the New Testament. Therefore, God has highly exalted Jesus He's exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So not only is God the Father Lord, Jesus the Son is Lord, which says that Jesus is God. He is divine. And Lord means almighty one, omnipotent, that he is sovereign. So Jesus is ruler of all. This is good news. Jesus is the Savior. He's the Christ. He's the Lord. But there's more good news. 
And the angels continued on in verse 14 saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. He's saying there's going to be peace among those with whom he is pleased, his people. He's going to give them peace. They are going to be reconciled with God. We just sang a minute ago, God and sinners reconciled. That's the peace that the angels were referring to. And this was a multitude of angels that were giving this message of great news. All of us in this room are sinners. None of us have it together. And not one of us should pretend that we have it together. Because we don't. Newsflash, you probably sinned today. You might have been frustrated with family members or frustrated with extended family members or frustrated because you're trying to get here on time or frustrated because the weather is so cold and you might have been saying some bad things or you might have been thinking some bad things about the weather. This morning, I opened up the door and I walked outside and this gush of wind, cold wind hit my face and I couldn't breathe and I wasn't thinking pleasant thoughts. Right? We all have sinned and fallen short to the glory of God. And as a result, we have been separated from God. There's a huge gap between God and us. But the good news is, is Jesus came to fill that gap. And he died on a cross. And so he bridges that gap. And all of a sudden, we're over here. And we can be right here again with God. God and sinners reconciled. That's the peace that the angels were talking about. Romans 5 describes it beautifully. But here's the thing I want to say is that not only do believers experience peace at Christmas, but I believe non-believers can experience an element of this peace from us. Why? Because we have the peace of Christ in our hearts, and we are called to be peacemakers. And so even non-believers can benefit at Christmas time as we, the peacemakers, show them peace and love them. And hopefully pray that they'll experience the true inner peace that we as believers in Jesus have. Is that not good news? The good news of Christmas is that we have, we have the Savior, the Christ, the Lord, and we have the Prince of Peace. That's why you should be filled right now with great joy. So what do we do? Well, very briefly, the shepherds did a few things. First, they responded with promptness. They were they promptly responded to the good news. You notice here in verse 16, they went with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they heard the news, they acted decisively. They allowed no grass to grow under their feet, but they quickly ran to see this newborn king. They ran. And so tonight, if you haven't been changed by Jesus, don't wait till tomorrow because you might not have it. Run to him now. Drop the toys, put down the eggnog, and run to Jesus. Cling to him with haste, just as the shepherds did. They responded promptly to this good news. The second thing they did is they proclaimed the good news from the rooftops. Uh, notice here in verse 17, when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. They made known what was said to them. They proclaimed it to the rooftops, right? And, and I want to remind you, these shepherds were a despised class. They were kind of written off. They were at the bottom rung of the social ladder. But here's the thing. You don't have to have a PhD to know the good news. 
and to believe the good news. You don't have to have a PhD to tell others the good news. The shepherds, they sure didn't have a PhD. They didn't even have a degree. They weren't even considered legitimate in a trial. They wouldn't even be called as a witness because nobody would trust them. But yet God came to them, these nameless, insignificant shepherds, and they were the first witnesses to tell others the good news of Jesus. A lot of us in the next few days are going to be with family members who may not know Jesus. We're going to be with friends who may not know Jesus. I encourage you, as awkward and as uncomfortable as it may be at times, pray for those moments, those small little moments. Don't force it down their throats, but those small little moments where you can remind them why we celebrate Christmas every year. Jesus Christ. The third thing that, the, or that Mary did, we see here, is that she pondered the good news in her heart. Verse 19, Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them. Do you know what the word ponder means? It means to put together like a jigsaw puzzle. What I love about this verse is that Mary was reflecting on the last nine months of her life, and she was putting together all the pieces to the story of what God had done in her life through Jesus. What I want you to do, because many of you will have some time off in the next few days. Many of you will have some time off finally, right? Hopefully you'll get to rest a little bit and relax a little bit. While you're doing that, I encourage you, in fact, I implore you to reflect upon your own life and begin to put the, the pieces together, the spiritual pieces together of how God has shown up in your life. Reflect, ponder, Think about what God has done for you throughout your lifetime. And I guarantee as you really do that, you will marvel and begin to treasure those things that God has done. Just as Mary treasured all the things that she heard about. And fourth and finally, we see that the shepherds, what do they do when they heard the good news? They praised the Lord. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told. You see here, after they experienced all this, they went home praising the Lord. Praising the Lord. What about you? Are you praising the Lord right now in your life? Are you living for the moment or are you living for someone who's bigger than you? Are you living for something that's bigger than you? That something and that someone is Jesus Christ. And if you want purpose and significance, and importance in this life, you'll find it only in him. You won't find it in the gifts you'll get tomorrow. Yes, those gifts are fun, and it brings a lot of joy when I see my kids open up the presents. That's the highlight for me, right, is when I see my kids open up those presents. It's a fun moment, but guess what? Two months from now, they probably won't play with the toys we get them. In fact, Steffi and I, we took a lot of their toys that they played with three years ago to CARM this week. I bring all that up because gifts will come and go, but Jesus doesn't come and go. He's with us for the rest of our lives into eternity. He's the indescribable, indescribable gift that keeps on giving. He's the true reason for the season. So if you haven't embraced him as your Lord, as your Savior, as the Christ, as the Prince of Peace, as the king of all kings, if you haven't trusted him, let tonight be the night where you give your life to him. And the way you do that is you acknowledge you're a sinner. You believe that he came to this earth to die on the cross to forgive you of your sins. And you commit the rest of your life to following him. 
Begin reading the Bible. Start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Get into a church. Go regularly. If you're in this area, come here. We'll disciple you. But that's where it all starts. And I'm telling you, my friends, if you treasure Jesus, (laughs) your life will never be the same. Just as the shepherds. You'll have the rest of your life praising the Lord. So again, let this Christmas season be a season to reignite those of us who are believers in our faith. And for those of us that aren't, may it be a season that you'll never forget as you give your life to him.